So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives. Republicans are going to retake both the House and Senate. A liberal MSNBC host warning Democrats about the potential for a red wave. Do we have any sort of... Canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front. Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican Glenn Youngkin. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. All right. Welcome uh, to the Ruthless Variety program. We're running on fumes here a little bit. We, uh, yeah, I want to give a huge congratulations to everyone currently in the studio for surviving <laughs> our first uh, live stream. We did a State of the Union live stream, which was a tremendous success, including the multiple bottles of liquor which were consumed. <laughs> so, you know, you can check that out. And I, I, I bet someone could do like a time-lapse video just <sighs> watching the bottles empty. I mean, thanks to Sean for the booze. Thanks to Sam for the McDonald's. I mean, I my body is not thanking either of them, though, right now, I got to tell you. And uh, thank you, Brandon, for... This disaster of a State of the Union that, like, no one wanted to show up for is the least enthusiastic event I've seen ever. It, no one wanted to be there. He didn't say anything. There was no, like, tremendous moment. Like, uh, uh, people were bringing up this really great example of how, I mean, we'd said ourselves, he failed to mention uh, the service members who were lost, the 13 members who were killed due to his disastrous pullout from Afghanistan. He failed to mention them. There was no moment like I remember when President Trump had when he recognized uh, the widow there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a tremendous moment for him across you know the political spectrum. Everyone said that was a huge moment, got you know a thundering round of applause, and there was no moment like that for Joe Biden. Nothing. His first day of the union, it's just... It's his presidency. Boring. You know? Yeah, it was just absolute malaise. I mean, I don't know how you, if you weren't watching the Ruthless Variety program live stream, I don't know how you got through it. Yeah, I mean, how boring it was, I think, definitely contributed to how much we, <laughs> we drank. Um, I'm in studio today with a cup of matzo ball soup <laughs> trying to recover. Uh, if you somehow missed the live stream last night, uh, go over to our YouTube page and check that out. It's just youtube.com backslash ruthless podcast. You'll see it right there, our live stream in the State of the Union. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. And there, I mean, look, we'd never done it before. We didn't even, we haven't really ever done anything on YouTube other than post a few things. And we had like 7,000 people watching it, which is, I mean. And the chat was lit. The, the chat, chat was, was awesome. where it was at. The chat was lit. Everybody was cyberbullying us saying our TV was really small, <laughs> I which I love. I saw that. Which like, on seriously, I don't know how I can prove this, but like, it is a large television. <laughs> I mean, it's large. It's just like the way that we set up the live stream so we could have all four people in shot. Like, it did look small. It did look small. Like a postage it stamp. Did. No, it did. It did. <laughs> they were also mocking your posture, old man. Yeah, no, I I, I got recumbent. As, as like, the, the State of the Union continued, Duncan got like, lower. slid further and yeah. further under the it table. It was, like, under the table. Like. <laughs> I, had, I, I had my feet up on the wall. I think the combination of bourbon... And Big Macs <laughs> will uh, I mean, we'll what, do that to I mean, you. that was just living large. It was. You know, like kings. You said it best, man. We were in flavor country. Yeah, it was incredible. It was incredible so well show. Done. Thank you, everyone who, who watched. If you haven't, go check it out. It's up on the YouTube. Yeah. Um, We've got uh, a big show here today. Cash Patel is yeah. with us. Uh, he was at the Department of Defense during the Trump administration. He's uh, been instrumental at debunking an awful lot of the whole Russia BS. Yeah. Uh, from the past administration. Going to be an interesting interview. Uh, stick around for that. Um, guys, one thing that I, th- I, I look, Kim Reynolds, by the way, did an absolutely terrific job responding yes, to the state. Governor of, of Iowa d- gave a, uh, like, that was a rock star response. Their views were, were tremendous because that's a tough gig. Yeah. Doing the follow up. I mean, I guess typically because you're following a president and, and, it's a full We've got a historically terrible president, yeah. so right. it was kind of like you know uh, it, the All Star Game. It was a home run derby. You know, she was just, he was set up for yeah. her to knock it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did a nice job, and you know, like real one OG uh, listeners to the program know that, right? Because if you followed us in Iowa, 
Yeah. She delivered there, too, and delivered uh, meat for you, old man. A butter-infused pork tenderloin sandwich. It was fantastic. Yeah. Well, she gives a speech, and she she knows where the good food's at. Hats off to her. I, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that's pretty funny, this State of the Union was so bizarre in so many ways. <laughs> Gen- generally, afterwards, there's like a in Statuary Hall, there is all these cameras where people are going out and giving their instant reactions and, and whatnot to the the speech and you know they did that or whatever but like the white house it's all trying it's like a spin room right where they're trying to give their point of view right i didn't really see democrats doing much of that they didn't want anything to do with it they didn't but and my favorite was ron Klain on whatever that twitter twitter spaces yeah yeah (laughs) which is like clubhouse it's like an audio forum for you to talk to people um he was in there with some real lunatics (laughs) lunatics <laughs> like this is his version of outreach to the grassroots is to talk to the Midas touch guys in the Twitter spaces I saw Mary Catherine Ham dunking on him I mean there literally was like seven lunatics well and, and her comment was fantastic because apparently he got the question from people in the room being like how do we you know convince you know average Americans that you know the economy's doing well or like the Biden administration's doing well or wh- whatever and his response to that was well I'm doing Twitter spaces aren't I <laughs> and it's like look I love Twitter uh, but Twitter is not reflective of the American electorate no it sure it sure is not yeah. but it is to guys like Ron Klain right where you know honestly that's roughing it because usually he's got the pleasure palace of MSNBC working for him you know that's that's who he's used to being surrounded by and and I think that is probably one of the biggest problems Biden's got going for him is who who's supposed to be helping guide the ship is getting all the tips and like what they should be doing from Jen Rubin and just like the absolute brain worm segment of the liberal base who's incredibly out of touch. That's why you see the priorities are completely messed up, why he can't get anything done. Build back Brandon failed. He's trying to now uh, rebrand it and uh, rename it because he knows build back better is associated with failure. It, yeah. It, and everything in his administration and everything his presidency is associated has been with failure. failure. Totally. All of it. Totally. Um, did you fellas see that we got some ink yesterday? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got some... I love this. We got some ink. Uh, somebody put pen to paper over at Campaigns and Elections magazine. Yeah, they cover uh, Campaigns and Elections. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in case they didn't make that clear in their name. <laughs> they did. Yeah. And it's typically like a vendor... I mean, they got different stories and stuff in there, but anybody is involved in the business of elections and and politics, like that's their right. thing. They'll right? have a story from a direct mail vendor or a TV vendor and stuff. It's interesting stuff yeah, if yeah. you work on campaigns. It's sort of like a trade pub. Yeah. Well, they they publish this thing that's eleven podcasts that you have to listen to if you're a political strategist. Oh. And in there, uh, the Ruthless Variety program right on top. Oh, look at that. Yeah, they're right on top. Now we're not. We're not giving you helpful hints yeah. of uh, campaigning, but we sure bring the heat. So I yeah, it's, it's it's a must listen. But the best part of this article is this incredible dunk, <laughs> this incredible dunk. So like you know we're 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 right up there on their list, and below us uh, a number of spaces below us <laughs> is, is Pod Save America, and then Campaign's election description says like ruthless. This podcast is more about atmosphere. So like, like ruthless. That, I mean, on a like good day, that's what they're really trying for. <laughs> They've been literally doing it for six, seven years or something yeah. like that. They have that. like 300 employees or something awash in VC money. <laughs> it's just, it's like, I'm, how do we catch up to these guys watching this day of the union on a postage stamp? <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, so <clears throat> look, we I'm going to skip through. We're going to get right to We're going to play a game today. Uh, we're not going to weigh down on a whole bunch of stuff. We should note that the opener, Kamala Harris, took my breath away. Yeah. I mean, that was her explaining the situation in Ukraine when asked to do it simply. Right, with, with like third grade geography. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what the hell was that? You honestly cannot make that up. No, uh, and it is... This is why Veep and Veep is one of the more successful games we have. Right. Like, th- these people are beyond parody. The shame of it is that, you know, it's a global crisis, and, and we've right. got this team. This-, this is the best that they can muster. Yeah, totally. Um, so one of the offshoots that uh, I think the president did nothing to address last night 
uh, of the the crisis in Ukraine is this high energy prices. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And what was not outlined at all is that his administration is the reason why we are no longer energy independent. But all of this is coming to a head right now because oil has just jumped to its highest level since 2011. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we brought up the numbers last night that uh, the price for a, a gallon of gas is around 360 nationally, $3.60 according to AAA. And the average during the Trump presidency was $1.80. Oh, God. I mean, just, wow. That's just incredible. But but again, nothing to address the drilling moratoriums, right. the pipeline shuts down, all that stuff. <clears throat> he came up with car batteries. Yeah. Again, <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? He's like, oh, uh, Ford. Oh, this is a great tweet, by the way. I should mention this. He, he They sent a tweet out last night that says Ford is investing $11 billion in electric vehicles, creating 11,000 jobs. Good for them. GM is uh, making the largest investment in history, $7 billion to build electric vehicles, creating 4,000 jobs in Michigan. Great. Good for them. Musk, Elon, who's got a strong Twitter game. Very yeah, strong. Yeah, he very is. strong. Comes back at him and says, Tesla's created over 50,000 U.S. jobs building electric vehicles and is investing more than double GM and Ford combined. Yeah. FYI to the person controlling this Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Right? He's just dunking on Biden. But that's the solution, right? It's like the solution to Americans for the high price of gas is go buy a $100,000 car. Well, what's the funniest thing about about the, the Elon Musk reply is that he's one of the few people on Twitter who can manage to reply ratio the president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. That like Biden's tweet gets, you know, 28,000 likes. Elon Musk's reply, a reply is much harder to get into your algorithm, yeah. right? Yep. So he's already at a disadvantage. Totally. But the, his reply has 179,000 likes. Oh, it's just amazing. Right. Which Dunk. is just like... What it proves is what we've been saying on the program is that, like, nobody is buying the bullshit they're selling. Yep. Right? <laughs> well, it's so bad that CNN, <clears throat> they did a uh, a poll, a real-time poll last night of what people's impressions were of the State of the Union who watched it. Only 41% of the viewers reacted very positively to Biden's State of the Union, which is a self-selecting mm-hmm. Model, right? These are people. The these are people who are like, you know what? On a Tuesday night at nine p.m. Eastern, I want to listen to a guy who's sundowning, sundowning. for two hours. <laughs> you know, so like, it's a favorable audience for him. Favorable audience. It is the lowest score in the last fifteen years of polling. CNN wow. says, "Wow, that is just absolutely unbelievable." CNN said the poll had roughly eleven points more Democrats uh, in it. Than, uh, than it probably should have, and they still bombed. <laughs> so uh, that also reminds me of a very important poll uh, that was taken about the State of the Union. Uh, this website, The Recount, tweeted out at 1 o'clock yesterday, has President Biden improved the State of the Union? You could choose from a lot, some, a little, no. So, you know, I wanted to make sure the minions were heard. Yeah. And I, quote, retweeted that. <laughs> and with 20, For the people. Yeah, for the people. With 20,000 or 27,000 votes... Where eighty four percent no, and they had to read out the results live. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. <laughs> so good. like, well, eighty four percent say that Biden has not improved the State of the Union, dude. Our that's cyber rough. our cyber bullying is on point. Yeah, yeah. Right and, now. and and I think that's important. I think the enthusiasm that's going with our side, our base is super energetic. Um, we saw it in Virginia with Yunkin's win. You 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 see how the left is absolutely flailing. They can't get anything done. They don't know how to message. All their attempts at getting any accomplishing anything, like masking kids and forcing them to eat outside in the cold, has been a disaster. And they're going to face an incredibly tough uh, November. And I'm looking forward to how energized and enthusiastic our side is. Totally. The last reaction of the State of the Union that I, I just couldn't believe when I saw in print today was from NBC's Chuck Todd. Oh, boy. Somehow Biden lost Chuck Todd. Which I previously I didn't think was possible. Oh no! His quote was, "I think we all expected a little bit more." <laughs> Did you though? Did you? I mean, because anybody's been watching this guy, I don't think you can expect much more out of him. <laughs> I mean, the 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 other quote here on the State of the Union is uh, quote. I fear this is going to feel like a speech that didn't age well. 
Much like Joe Biden. That's great. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a lot that, uh, I mean, obviously that Biden has fumbled and that's going against him. I saw this uh, article right here that mentioned that a company that sells custom-made doomsday bunkers says business is booming uh, among uh, amid the current situation. The guy is like does a robotic walk when reporters are shouting at him. Are you are you worried about like a nuclear war? Americans, it's gotten beyond. Like, how bad can it get under this presidency? I mean, that's what we're. You can barely afford your groceries, your gas, and now you might be vaporized. Like things have have gotten bad very very quickly. Very quickly, and he's providing absolutely no reassurance whatsoever. I have to bring this up for Ashbrook. Uh, we're all baseball fans. He's a big baseball fan, as as all of you know. Um, yesterday, right before the State of the Union, literally like two hours before the State of the Union, Major League Baseball canceled opening day. Boy, it was just brutal. It, the Biden administration just keeps getting worse and worse. I mean. Really bad news. I don't want to get into the details of what these guys are negotiating about, but my God, it seems to me that if you have spent the last two years under COVID, like just begging fans basically to stick with you because you're providing zero experience. Right. I would think it would be a pretty high priority to get your shit together by opening day when the masks are off. Right. 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 I mean, I don't know what the, what the sticking point, I'm sure it's, sure it's compensation or whatever, but, like, let's split the difference and get this thing done, fellas. Yeah, there's no question they should have figured it out. And I got to be honest with you, like, baseball is, I mean, you grow up, you love baseball, you watch baseball. And this last NFL season, just they ran circles around what Major League Baseball is doing. Oh, yeah. They have such a competitive product they put on the field from game one to the Super Bowl. Every single aspect of the season was interesting. And baseball's like an afterthought. They can't, like, it's... Well, you got it's, Rob Manfred running the joint. He's the cat that moved the All-Star game out of Atlanta for mythical reasons. <laughs> because racism. Right. Yeah. Right? Um, and now he's in charge of trying to pull, piece this thing back together. No, no, no shit, it's not working. Right. They should get rid of Rob Manfred. They should. That's what they, they should. should. And that's they put what they Pete Rose do. in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to get it in there. I, I thought so, too. I knew it. I thought so, too. All right, fellas, I want to play a game. And I think we should play King of the Hill now. I think we should. Um, so, Smug, who do you have? I have defending champion Matthew Dowd. Matthew Dowd. Okay. Holmes, who are you bringing this week? <clears throat> A new competitor. Okay. Steve Schmidt. Steve Schmidt. Wow. Wow. A debut performance. I got to do something to shake it up. Right. I got to do something to shake it up. Huh. Okay. Well, let's go ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. It's time for King of the Hill. In the blue corner, in a debut performance, fighting out of his own home in Utah, the fat man himself, Steve Schmidt. And in the red corner, our one, the only, defending champion of the world, Matthew Mail Pattern Dowd. Fat man himself. Straight up. Getting right that at it. That is so good. <laughs> the best is that Ashbrook was blindsided by that. Yeah, I had no idea. He had no idea who I was going to choose. It. And he just did it live. He just rolled like, that it. is a true professional. It's just absolute professionalism. Okay. All so, right. Smug, as our defending champion, you have to go first in round one. What do you got for me? Um, so this is is uh, going to be just nuke after nuke. Okay. I mean, Dowd has truly lost his mind, and we're going to get right into it, folks. This is on February 28th. Matthew Dowd. You know who are American versions of Ukrainians? Election workers and elected officials and Capitol Police who stood up to Trump and his GOP acolytes lying and trying to overturn democracy despite death threats and fears of violence. Too many in the GOP are cowards. Wow, he got so a like, lot in there. So like, okay, Ukrainians, yes, you are fighting for your lives, but hey— Trump and Republicans are like an army coming to kill people. Like, right now... These people's streets are like rubble, and they're carrying around AK-47s and Molotov cocktails. Like and that's the comparison he Ukrainians makes. are getting bombed. They're like, Holocaust Memorial was hit by a missile. And Dowd's like, you know what? This is just like Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are the same. I mean, like, how insane do you have to be 
Oh, he's to, proven to, to in be in any quite... way be like, okay, so 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 this is happening in Ukraine. I want to make this about me. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I think I can compete. As crazy as that is, wow. I think I can compete. <clears throat> this is Steve Schmidt. <clears throat> 4.04 p.m., so it was kind of late afternoon. Putin waited to act until he believed the lie and the truth stood equal in the West. He believed the mirage created by Fox News in America and Murdoch in the U.K. and Australia. He believed a depraved and divided West would submit to his aggression. Put- Putin looked at Trump and saw. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really poetic. <laughs> well, it's the way he writes. Yeah. So this is, I'm introducing you to a new genre here of Steve Schmidt because he writes it like he's like he's an old sort of like Englishman in the 1800s right. who's just sort of observing upon the lands and will yeah. talk about things. <laughs> this, this, and, is, this is the guy who, who was calling the shots on the McCain campaign, right? Yeah, this is God, the guy. That tells you so much. This is the guy. Uh, the you Iraq, know. Iraq war is going better than you think. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Iraq facts guy. Yeah, yeah. his job was to say the good news happening in Iraq. Um, so, but, but what he's saying, and I, I'm happy to repeat any part of it, but what he's saying is that Putin decided to invade Ukraine. Right. When Fox News carried his water in the West to believe that the lies about Ukraine stood on equal footing with the truth. Yeah. And that's that was the that's the way the timing. That's why in late February 2022. Right. That Trump and Fox News created the environment for this is weak. That's so weak. It's watered down because you have to go the full nut job. Like Dowd does, you have to connect it directly. You can't say, "Hey, Fox News enabled this." He's 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 muddying the waters. You got to be crazy. He has assigned a motive to Putin for invading Ukraine that is is entirely relying on Fox News. So that is unthinkable. Well, well, here's here's the thing I like about the Schmidt take, and I agree. Like on straight brainworms, like Dowd would win this round nine times out of ten what schmidt is offering here though i think is even an additional layer to what holmes is saying here it's like this grand unified theory to justify this this cognitive dissonance that they have and that cognitive dissonance is so putin's grand plan was to elect donald trump and then wait until he was no longer in office and then invade ukraine right like that's like that's that, what he's doing. That's that's what he's he, right. He's saying he's saying it took these five years, right, of Trump and then Trump loses. And now the seeds have been planted. Now, now it's it, it. But like, never mind Crimea. Right. Never mind Georgia. Right. Never mind all the things during the Obama administration that would lead you to believe that the one four year gap in aggression from Putin just so happened to be under Donald Trump. Because the easiest response to their talking point is, okay, well, so, okay, if Trump was Putin's puppet and he got him elected, then why wasn't this invasion in 2017? Right. You know, why did he wait all the, that time for, for so, his puppet to lose, right? And then Joe Biden being the... And so what I that's what I like about it, and that's the reason why I'm giving Schmidt round one. I love it. I love it. It's it, You got to look under the hood on Steve Schmidt. It's, he's got multiple layers to this onion. Um, okay, I'm going to go with something a little different here because he got into a Twitter spat with Eric Erickson. Oh, wow. And Eric Erickson hilariously responded to his critique, uh, a progressive leg humper is upset with me. <laughs> right? He's responded nice. to, to Steve. S- Steve comes back in just a perfect corn cob. Is that in Jesus' name, you hypocrite? Oh my god. For the record for the record, I'm not upset. I'm mostly indifferent towards you. What is a progressive leg humper? It's a weird thing to say. Nipa. He throws oh, the French French? Nespa. Nespa. Are they scary? Does it happen to you a lot? Don't tell me that they're black or related to Trudeau, please. <laughs> I mean, he threw French <laughs> in full caricature. <laughs> I lo- what I like about about that one is like, I love when 
a person who is a mean-spirited person like Steve Schmidt comes at somebody else being like, oh, that's very Christian of you, oh, and then you were... proceeds to be an absolute asshole <laughs> <laughs> the whole rest of the way. It's the best. He's a man of many layers. Why are you not upholding a standard I would never hold myself to? <laughs> you know? Also, I love after this full attack. For the record, I'm not upset. Oh, I'm, I'm not mostly upset. indifferent. Now, here are 200 more characters about how not upset I am. And he was not done. Like, I'm not going to enter these others into evidence because it would violate the rules. But there's many more. Many more. Okay. If we're not upset. But he's not upset. But he's not upset. He's not upset. Okay. Smug, what you got? So so this is, this is I'm, I'm playing to judge and jury and even to, you know, front of the court, Ashbrook here. Matthew Dowd. Rob Manfred is the Trump of sports commissioners. If you ranked all commissioners of all sports in history, he would be in the bottom three. And Manfred has done as much damage to baseball as Trump did to democracy. <laughs> what does that mean? Exactly. What does that mean? It is the Trump mean? of X. You know what I mean? Like, that's all these people what can does understand. That mean? Trump is the center. He gives all these people meaning. Do you think that that Matt Dowd would just cease to exist if Donald Trump, like if you took the name Trump and eliminated it from the universe, do you think that there's any, what would he do with his day? I think he would try to work on campaigns and sleep with the candidate's wife. <laughs> Wait, whoops. Alleg- allegedly. <laughs> Alle- allegedly. <laughs> Parody, parody, laughing. Now as reported by the New York Post. That's right. Oh, God. Um, Holy shit, I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, my God. So, Smug, I mean, has really dazzled me with his closing argument in this round. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, yeah, and, no, I think that's right. It's like, it's like, Dowd, what I respect about Dowd's game is it's like post first, like ask questions later. Yeah, oh, like he totally. has, like like this is apropos of nothing. Like he pulled the All Star game. Like he should like him. <laughs> so for that reason, Dowd Smug, you win round two. <sighs> All right. Uh, you know what? I want to. I, I had a lot to choose from. I want to close with one that's extremely on topic. Uh, with Biden's State of the Union, Matthew Dowd, February twenty eighth. As we approach Biden's State of the Union and Texas primary tomorrow, I wrote this column. I hope Biden makes speech short and strong and focuses it on democracy and connect the dots between the attack on Ukraine and the attacks on democracy here. <laughs> That's just like classic. I, it, it feels like between between he and Ruben and Crystal, though, that's like the one that's just like a spinning hamster wheel. Right. 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 It's, it's like, like our, our, they keep on making this argument. Yeah, that like the Democrats, same. the Democrats midterm argument should be about democracy. Do- democracy. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you look at polling and Which like, is no, it's like no one gives the a economy, shit. COVID, yeah. inflation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, like, no, people are at the grocery store paying an arm and a leg. Right. And they're like, you know what? I'm worried about democracy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I seriously, I'm very concerned uh, much more than a $10 tube of toothpaste that yeah. I just bought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Steve also can just go high heat. <laughs> He's okay. got the French. He's got the layers of the onion, but he also has high heat. Putin's <laughs> in all caps. <laughs> Putin's. <laughs> Putin's number one most loyal ally is the American MAGA movement and Trump. He is isolated even from his own Chechen commander who won't fight, but the American right will never quit Putin. Shameful. (laughs) What? Number (laughs) most loyal ally. (laughs) Putin's. Putin's is what got it. This is what this is. The evidence. That's what killed me. The all caps to start the tweet. Putin's. Putin's. <laughs> oh, that's good. Smug, can I get a quick, quick reread Absolutely. of yours? Absolutely. As we approach Biden's State of the Union in Texas primary tomorrow, I wrote this column. I hope Biden makes speech short and strong and focuses it on democracy and connect the dots between attack on Ukraine and the attacks on democracy yeah. here. <laughs> what, what, what I like about this one, Smug, is they're saying, they're trying to say in a whisper what they all know about Joe Biden. That is, if he's up there for more than an hour, his battery gets really low. Yeah. yeah. You know, but and they the don't want to. The Daily Show even tweeted right, that, make, like, his battery's low. And, and then they, they deleted it. it. They had like, to whoops. delete it. They got, they got ratioed. <laughs> so he's trying to be like, you know, 45 minutes, maybe. 
You know, like get right. up there, get in, get out, get make out. a point. Yeah, and right. not because you're super old and can't talk after 15 right. minutes. Which yeah. I really respect that he's that much of a cheerleader to, to do that. Yeah. Um, Putin's. But I don't think it can compete with the capital Putin's, <laughs> yeah. the high heat from Steve Schmidt. We have a new champion. Yes. Yes. I love it when somebody new wins. A first time, yeah, yeah. first time appearance and a champion. And, you know, I, I, I didn't want to say it because it would, it would, it would help you out, but... I think it's the dumbest shit when libs try that like, wow, what a non-Christian thing. I oh, yeah. attack you and, and, and you reply, how dare you? <laughs> I, saw, I saw you break character on that. It's uh, like, I was just, <laughs> I am so sick of that dumb shit, dude. Yeah. It is the dumbest. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to our interview with Cash Patel. Well, I want to welcome to the program a really interesting guy. Um, I'm sure you've heard his name, Cash Patel. He was the uh, chief of staff over at the Pentagon uh, at the end of the Trump administration, but he's got a, a incredible res- resume, worked for Devin Nunez, was instrumental in debunking a lot of the false Russia bullshit that we've had to deal with for the last four years. Cash, welcome, man. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. First time on the on the show. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the program. Although you've been everywhere, you know, I've been I've been following you here the last couple of weeks. You were in Nevada campaigning for my man Laxalt. You've been everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I basically live in the air now, and uh, thanks to my fabulous publicist, I basically just go nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good. I, you know, here's a good place to start. Um, because I, obviously you were not a household name when you were working in Congress and nobody is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But at what point at the beginning of the investigations into the Trump campaign and Russia, like how quickly did you know that this was complete horseshit? Uh, I mean, look, before all that, I was a terrorism prosecutor. So I dealt with FISAs and putting the other complex prosecutions and I did some time at JSOC in the Intel community doing targeting operations. So got it. kind of familiar with that background. And then when I got to the Hill and Devin was like, hey, take a look at this stuff. And I was like, well, it's pretty easy, Devin. Like, I don't know if it's accurate or not accurate, but just look at the basics. Like, one, follow the money. Who paid for this thing? And then, two, start looking at the credibility of the witnesses. And they basically started to fall apart instantly. And then the hard part was getting that information out to the public that was <laughs> yeah it turns out yeah. that you did not have a compliant media in that regard not even did we have not compliant media we had the worst deputy attorney general in u.s history in rod rosenstein yeah who basically blocked a trump appointee who blocked the continuous dissemination of what should have been public information because of the corruption at the fbi but like any typical bureaucrat who's been in for 20 plus years he just wanted to bury the cover-up and and protect the agency from from shame, even though they had earned it, and they didn't even do it on his watch. And, well, and, and to rewind the tape on that, he was while he was doing that, you were getting the opposite out of Schiff, right? The <laughs> se- selective leaking of just yeah. totally outrageous and turns out completely false intel. Well, look, Watermelon Head had a lot of problems. <laughs> and- but uh, us coming up with a new nickname for him every week wasn't one of them. I mean, this guy, nobody had ever heard of this guy until we made him you know, famous by allowing him to spew lies. Well, we didn't allow him. He had a willing and able media allowing him to spew lies because he knew we would never leak classified intel. They did. Yeah. And the, and the media was like, wow, Adam Schiff has found Trump-Russia collusion. He, he's going to be the savior of the free world. And, you know, this guy is like the biggest joke in congressional history. I don't totally. think he's done anything in his tenure that's worthy of American service. And if you look at him, it's kind of like watching a toothpick hold up a Fabergé egg as a head. <laughs> and it's just like it's comedic because you can't really take him seriously. And then he has those like, you know, those like, like, what do you call those? Like, you know, when we were in arts and crafts, we stick those googly eyes on the, like. <laughs> You know things we drew in. Cash, you know the way to our hearts here on Ruthless yeah. because you've you've intermingled a critique of of what he was doing with some observations about his, uh, uh, his sort of being, and that's pretty <laughs> I, much what know, we do here. I know the way to everybody's heart, except yeah. all the women I'm dating. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I'm I'm curious, uh, Cash, could you point to like one moment in this process? Mm where you felt like the tide finally turned? 
that yeah like what was yeah. that inflection point because you had Schiff out there every single day saying I've got proof of collusion I can't show it to you but I'm I've seen it yada 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 what is the point where you feel like the tide really turned so my you know there was we we called the whole op- operation objective Medusa because I I thought it fitting to be like can't just cut one of the snakes off you got to cut the whole head off and me and my partner in crime who has requested to remain nameless through this day we're doing a lot of digging doing a lot of research got a tip you know we're trying to follow the money got a banking tip lead you know fusion gps banks with this certain bank and it looks like they're they're shoveling money to the sky in in england hmm. but as you guys know banking records no bank's going to turn that stuff over and it was going to be an uphill battle so i toured like the Balkans with Devin Nunes, he did this big Intel trip once a summer when he was chair. We went to like 12 countries and, you know, did the actual work of the house Intel committee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we had this tradition every night where he would call it a final final. So we'd have dinner and then we'd go somewhere and have like a final drink. I love and that night, so much. A final and final Every night. We're sitting there and I'm like, Devin, I need a flipping subpoena. And he's like, what are you talking about, man? Congress doesn't do subpoenas. And I'm like, well, if I can't get this bank records, I'm telling you right now, Hillary couldn't pay for this. And he goes, you're out of your mind. So we did this for like 10 nights in a row. And we were in like Slovenia, you know, Melania's home. We were in the, over there doing it there. And we ended up in Northern Italy. And we were slamming Negronis at our like last <laughs> night. And I was like, Devin, I need a subpoena. Like, you gotta give it to me. And if, if I'm wrong, I'll quit. Right. He goes, we haven't issued a subpoena in 22 years. And I said, well, we're gonna issue 17. Um, so we went back. He gave me the subpoena, even though Paul Ryan didn't want to give it to us. And they immediately, they, Fusion GPS, took us to federal court. And I go, we got him. We just won. Oh, my gosh. And, and then it took a couple months to get it out. But I knew right then we had won. Oh, incredible. I mean, the trajectory of all of that. Meanwhile, you're going from an incredibly accomplished attorney. Someone's on staff doing very serious intel work. To all of a sudden, the left is trying to like character meme you. I mean, that oh, experience yeah. must no, have been it was nuts. Great. It was awesome. I was called a genocide. I was Adam Schiff's staff first outed me into the media by calling me a genocidal dictator, <laughs> which I thought was, you know, I thought that was uh, pretty ironic since my father actually fled a genocidal dictator to come to America. Yeah, so but- I thought that was hilarious. I told my dad that he was, of course, laughing. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't make this stuff up. I'm like, I'm Torquemada. I was like, are you guys serious? <laughs> but whatever. You know, like, so yeah, that, I was like, that's when Devin and I came to the, you know, to like the terminology. Like if they're, if they're crushing us personally with fake epithets, we're, we're over the target. Yeah. And we just never stopped. And neither did they with their name calling and their nonsense. So I took it all and I turned it into a defamation offensive machine and fight with cash.com. Now I'm suing everybody and I'm letting everybody else sue the fake news media and I'm paying for it. Yeah, so let's talk about that for a minute because I noticed it's, this is fightwithcash.com. Yeah. So tell us tell uh, us about the, that project. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a lifelong hockey player. I'm from Queens and, you know, you can call me a lot of things and it's really not going to matter to me. But if you like straight up lie about me and my family name, we're going to have problems. So I was like, Devin and I were both getting crushed and we we're like, let's sue, let's sue them. It had never been done before, really. So we took on the fake news media separately to clear our names. And uh, once we left, when I left the administration, people were like, well, I've been defamed across America. I've been deplatformed by, you know, all the social media morons. So I said, all right, I started a charity. It's an offensive legal trust. And basically, I go around the country raising money. And you can submit your summary for free on Fight With Cash. And if, if there's a legal cause of action, I mean, I don't do it. Smart lawyers do it. But if there's one to do it, I'll pay the check and you'll have your day in court. That's an amazing um, service. That is an incredible deal and, and so necessary. I mean, we've seen particularly in the last few years just a proliferation of not only fake news, but as you said, yeah. personally lying about people, their motives. Yeah. And, the, and, and the purveyors of that fake news not being uh, suspended or no. being forced out. In fact, the opposite, being promoted. Yeah, and selling books. And selling books. Yeah. And the I mean, you guys know this. The only way to shut those morons down is a silver bullet to their financial bottom line. So I've got $150 million worth of lawsuits going on myself, and I plan on bringing more than that for, I've got half a dozen in the pipeline for Americans across the country that we're about to file, and we're just getting going. Oh, so man. anyone out there listening, 
check out the website. If you can donate, donate. If you want some awesome merch, go over there. We've got the best merch on the market. And I all love of that. it goes right back into the trust. No one gets paid uh, like an income. The lawyers get paid to file the cases and and that's about it. That's just a great service. That's at uh, fightwithcash.com. Everybody should go check that out. Um, so I want to ask, now that you've seen the inside, you're actually, you and, and Devin are responsible for what we know now. Um, yeah. Where do you think the Durham piece of this investigation is going? And and where do you think that all, like, what's the timeline on that, you think? Yeah, so Devin and I opened up for the boss at CPAC, and this was well, the heart of our conversation to the American people, or at least the people that were there. He's, we've always been um, high on Durham. And um, we know it's taken long, and I try to remind people, look, I spent like three, four years sometimes working on terrorism cases, prosecutions before I got to the accident indictment. This guy's working on the largest criminal enterprise in U.S. history. I mean, it, yeah. it, it drowns Watergate. And he's, he's, he's laid the foundation for a big conspiracy. He's issued three massive indictments. He's laid out the people involved, all the people from the Clinton campaign to their lawyers, to Fusion GPS and Bruce Simpson and Nellie Orr and Fiona Hill and Jake Sullivan and all these other people that thought they could subvert democracy because they had the, what, the social right to do that because they hated Trump. Right. And um, he's really laid it out there. And it's, um, it's not something that this guy brings. If you're just going to be like, Oh, I'm going to charge a couple of these guys for lying. And then I'm going to go away. I mean, it's a ton of effort if that's all you're going to do. And I just don't think he's going to stop there. He knows about the FISA court abuse. He knows the FBI was in on it. Everyone knows Hillary paid for it. Now we got to find out if Jake Sullivan was in on it and Fiona Hill and uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, of course, you know, they were in on it. We got to find out who he's going to hold accountable because that's what the American public demands. And I truly believe that he will go as high as Andy McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, who basically orchestrated this entire thing for Comey. Wow. I mean, that would that would blow doors off. I mean, that, yeah, would, that would, would be great. Oh, man, would that be unbelievable? It, this, look, we're all sort of waiting with bated breath. It's interesting to get your take on that, because for those of us who've just been, you know, knowing what we read, it goes in fits and starts. Right. And they all seem to have massive yeah. implications, but like it's tough to tie it all together. Yeah, and I think it's coming this summer. Like, I still tell people, it's, we're not there yet, but we're inching our way there with all these pleadings that the mainstream media doesn't want to cover, that Durham's rolling out quietly. Man, there's some pretty good stuff in all those things. Oh, man, that's incredible. You were down at CPAC, you mentioned. How was it? It was nuts. I was expecting it to be pretty good, but it was packed. And the people were actually, like, super involved, completely you know, in the weeds, on the know about everything from national security, foreign policy, the economy, Durham, what have you. So it was really cool to engage with. Yeah, you know, I think there was eighteen thousand people there. That's wild. And uh, it kind of it's it what great. happens when you have an event somewhere that people want to go. Yeah, the free <laughs> the free state of Florida. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. God, um, that I, was awesome. I, I so I got a, a somewhat serious question because I have some trepidation about. Uh, we all have trepidation about our intel agencies and and everything moving yeah. forward. And you know, given your background and prosecuting terrorism cases, I mean, obviously you've interacted with the intel community for a large portion of your career. How much of this experience has like forever damaged your view of their ability to do their jobs? Um, I don't think they are forever damaged. I think they need to be fixed. Because I know when it used to work, and I used to work in it, and I know when I was deputy director of national intelligence for Trump, we had fixed it um, uh, to the chagrin of all the clowns that were trying to throw President Trump out of office unlawfully. So if you've got the right bench, which we do, we just didn't put him in the last go around. And I think President Trump and the folks saw that afterwards, and you can't really knock them for it. They're coming from private industry, and they're like, these career government guys, they're here to serve. They're not going to screw us over. Yeah. You know, and sadly, a lot of them did. So you just got to have the bench and we're building the book. Now you got to win the midterms. You got to get congressional investigations going again. Like we did with Russia gate, looking to Hunter Biden, looking to why China's so corrupt with the Biden's mm-hmm. Ukraine debacle, Afghanistan, everything. You got to hold people accountable. And then you got to win in 2024. So big 
that none of this voter fraud stuff matters and that you just put everyone you want in across the board. So that's, that's what you fix. So that's what's, I mean, like transitions will become more important now, right? For this oh, purpose. Yeah. Because you've got, yeah, like, I mean, we I mean, figured it out the hard the way. Details, yeah, without getting into my conversations with the boss, who I see and talk to regularly, um, you know, we're building the book now. He hasn't, he hasn't announced, but I'm getting ready. And if I'm getting ready, that means a lot of other people are getting ready. And we got to see what those people do for the next three years so they earn a spot in the administration. I mean, that's how, that's how it works in the political space. Uh, you can't just be airmailed in like the last time and then do whatever you want, even though it doesn't, um, it doesn't respect the president's priorities and policy agenda. So I think we get it right this time, and I think we're starting early enough where we can't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear, because I think for those of us who, you know, previously had high regard for our intel agents and and obviously the FBI, this has just been a crippling blow to your confidence and their ability to get things done. But I, I think you're right. I mean, you obviously eliminate the bad actors, the the like forever establishment guys like Brennan. Yeah. And like, oh, I mean, Jesus, you want to talk about the worst human beings on Earth. These are the guys. <laughs> Right. Well, I, I, I think honestly, this is my own personal you know, policy proposal is that the same ban that we have on politicians being lobbyists, you know, a lobbying ban for a couple of years. I think if you're at a certain level at an intel agency that you have to have a waiting period before you go on national TV every night and lie to the American totally. people. Like what? Like, how is that that we allow that in our society? That's crazy. Well, yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, I think it, well, it's allowed because the 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 the, the clown show that is the mainstream media um, doesn't know how to do actual reporting. Their <laughs> right. journalistic integrity is gone, and all they care about are headlines that counter whatever Trump's successes were. And you know, I tell people, hey, you know, well, they told us elections have consequences. Yeah, they do. Look at the last thirteen months. You guys put him in charge. I mean, I don't even want to get into the last night's State of the Union because I'll start throwing, you know, nunchucks. <laughs> but, I mean, this is, look at Afghanistan, catastrophe. You basically started World War III. Inflation is screwing every American. Oh, and let's not forget the southern border. Right. And the opioid crisis killing more Americans this year than has ever been before. I mean, that's 13 months of your, you know, elections have results. So we'll remember that going forward totally and, and in the future cash if you're having trouble as i know most of us were getting through last night's state of the union uh going forward uh, feel free to hang out with us we just drank as much bourbon as we could possibly drink <laughs> and i then, didn't know that was an option i would have done that and then and then we filmed it <laughs> oh man see you guys you guys did it right we should do like a live stream next time because you know i was i was just like about to break everything in my apartment yeah no we, we had a different yeah. approach we had a different approach it's a, it leaves you with better mental health at the end of the day i can assure you yeah that's good actually you guys that's a good idea you guys did it right yeah final finals all around yeah. uh all right oh, I, I, I got three questions for you cash um these are the big ones everybody pays attention to uh the first one is, if you could plan your last meal on Earth, what would it be? Oh, chicken parmesan and chicken tikka masala. There you go. Nice. Very, very quick answer. I like that. Yeah. You've given that some thought. I suppose a man in your line of work needs to think about that sort of thing. Yeah, since I'm going to have a lot of last meals, so I, I, always, <laughs> you know, I, I spend time thinking about that one. Uh, um, so... If you never got into the line of work that you were in, I know you're doing a bunch of different stuff now, but you know you never were in the intelligence community. You never were a prosecutor. You basically had to choose an entirely different path to go in your life, and you can blue sky this. What would it be? Anything that made me rich, because being <laughs> poor sucks. It totally flipping sucks. I respect and the I honesty. Out and I was like. I was like, I don't care. I, that's what I went to law school for. And I haven't been a lawyer in six years. I went to law school to be that guy in that show on Newsman, um, USA, the Harvey, whatever that guy's name is. Yeah. Instead, I became a, instead, I became a public defender and just, you know, bankrupted myself for the next two decades. So I'm trying to make up for it now. Yeah, well, that was If I could do it all over again, man, anything whoever that paid me the money. most money. I love that. I love that. All right. So this I'm really interested. The third question I'm interested in, in how this affects you. We always have this question about what goes to motivate you more. And the way we frame it is you're either 
motivated by the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat. Nobody likes to lose, obviously. But so the way we frame it is the thrill of victory person is like the sunny optimist are always charging up the hill. The agony of defeat person is like anything bad that's ever happened to them in their lives. They wear it like a backpack, right? It's just like yeah. they get over every success they've had in two seconds. But any defeat, like they wear it and they just vow to never have it happen again. So those are kind of like the two poles. Cash, where do you find yourself? Man, I'm a lifelong hockey player. I still play. I still coach. Um, and I learn more from my losses than my wins. And I think that's sort of translated over to the rest of my life. So every time I take a, a, a loss, especially like the one we did in 2020, you can sulk or you can give yourself three minutes and then get up and go. And I've been going nonstop since then with the pre- with President Trump and the midterms and MAGA pack and all this stuff. And that's why I've been out with Black Salt. You'll see me in Alaska, Wyoming, Florida, New York, wherever. We're going. We're going full steam ahead because if you don't, if you think it's being done, it's not. That's the one thing I learned in government. If you mm-hmm. have a good idea and you think government's doing it, they ain't. So either you go do it or find somebody to do it or ain't going to get done. So. For right now, I'm going to keep going to do it, and I guess I'll take my rucksack with me and keep tossing 10-pound kilos in there. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And by the way, the fact that you have fightwithcash.com where you're helping people fight back against defamation suits, I knew before you answered you're the ultimate agony of defeat guy. Right, right. (laughs) The settling scores. It's the best. Listen, Cash Patel, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming on with us and spending some time. Stay in touch. Let us know how this is all going, and we'll have you back uh, maybe for a live stream sometime. Yeah. Yeah, this has been great, guys. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thrilled to be with you. And and let us know when this comes out. And, and yeah, hit up Erica anytime, and we'll do this again soon. Awesome. You're the man. See ya. Thanks, guys. See ya. Great guy doing a lot of good. Listen, he, I think he did a lot of good for this country in working to expose what Democrats were trying to do to President Trump through the Russia nonsense. And he deserves a lot of credit because when he was doing it, nobody was giving him anything but shit. Right, right. That's I mean, that's the hardest part of that job is that he did it at a time where, you know, our entire media uh, was pushing a lie and and, you know, I mean, kept his head down and kept doing the work. And you know what? They turned out to be right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Great stuff. Hey, fellas, I think we just wrapped another week. Yeah. I mean, outstanding job. Number one for making it into the into the studio today. (laughs) Thanks again to everyone who saw our live stream. If you haven't yet, hit the YouTube, check it out. So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.